Hello and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Adafruit Show and Tell. I'm Liz. I'm going to be your host this evening. If you would like to join the stream to show off your projects, you can find the link to the StreamYard in the Discord server at adafruit.it slash Discord. Uh, first, we're going to kick things off uh, from with some Adafruit folks, and then we'll hear from people in the community. Uh, so to kick things off, we're going to hear from Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Liz. Thanks for going? hosting. No problem. Thanks oh, for I, I just had a huge yawn. I'm like, yep, I'm still a little <laughs> jet lagged. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things are all right. I'm back uh, working on stuff. And uh, one thing I did manage to do because I was just, I got it and I couldn't help myself mm. is I got this giant e-ink. Wow. <laughs> um, it was 150 bucks, which is actually pretty cheap. So it's a 13.3 inch screen. Okay. Um, and usually the these screens are, um, well, they're they're like hundreds of dollars, not just 150 bucks. Mm. And they're usually uh, like much harder to drive. Uh, but this one is uh, still drives like the smaller ones. It's just oh, okay. giant. Yeah. Um, very cool. I had one thing that, and you see, I actually... There's debugging code on here that was printing out as well. I don't actually have it plugged in, mm -hmm. uh, but I did have to figure out how to get it working. Um, so that's on my to-do list is to add one more knob that we can turn so that these displays will work. Very cool. uh, there's also like a 10-inch display that also has the like uses the same um, uses the uses the same control chip. I think so. Uh, I thought that was really cool. It's giant. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'll be uh, adding the, the little nod to make that work in a little bit. And then the only other thing I wanted to plug is that I will be doing deep dive on Friday. Yes. And I want, I want to go take a look back at um, CircuitPython 2023 posts, um, which is uh, we always do these annual planning sorts of rounds of hearing from folks. And so mm -hmm. in prep for CircuitPython 2024 and post for that, I wanted to go take a look back at the stuff that we said in 23. Um, and then next week, I'll write my 24 post. So Excellent. check out and Deep Dive, 2 p.m. Pacific, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on Fridays. Great. And uh, where should folks, if they're writing their own 2024 posts, send them? Yeah. So if you write one, um, if you blog it up, uh, use the hashtag CircuitPython2024. And there's also a CircuitPython2024 at Adafruit email that will go to like Phil and I, and then we'll start... Um, blogging those up in the blog and we got new graphics and stuff too. So excellent. Um, yeah. Excited Great. to see that from everyone. Yes, me too. All right. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank you. Uh, now we're going to hear from Brent. Hi, Liz. Hey, Brent. Uh, Scott, I'll be uh, blogging that up soon. I also want the e-ink display. So this week I worked on the doorbell project for the Memento, um, cool. which actually has an ESP32 S3 on the back. Mm -hmm. So you can send images to um, your favorite IoT platform, uh, such as Adafruit IO. So I have like this. Um, this is we sell this in Adafruit store. It's like a momentary button, yeah. And it's wired up uh, really nicely. I've been making these like wiring harnesses that go to like JSTPH, and they're really nice and keep these projects like very simple, like minimal amounts of soldering. Yeah, I so, like that. Yeah, it's great, and like especially the doorbell, it's like really nice. So you mm -hmm. press the button. And it makes a little noise and um, it takes a picture and uh, it sends an image to Adafruit.io and encodes it. It's really small mm -hmm. because the amount of data we want to send needs to be really quickly. Like we don't want to send a huge amount of data, like a really large image. And then on Adafruit.io, oh, wow. it gets the image. So wow. um, 
yeah, that everything's like working properly. And um, I think that Noe is going to work on a case for this and then yes. we'll do a project on it. So like really simple project, like 103 lines of code total. And wow. it's like a build your own Nest doorbell kit. Yeah, that's great. And that was an excellent live demo too. I'm looking forward to the guide for this. Yeah, thanks. No problem. All right. Thanks for coming by, Brent. Totally. Okay. Bye. Uh, next, we are going to hear from Jeff. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Next, we're going to hear from Maker Melissa. And then Hello. Jeff. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I also have a not quite so giant peeing display that I want to try and get working. But oh, excellent. It's like seven inches or something mm -hmm. anyway uh so what i actually came by to show is i actually have the uh on the raspberry pi 5 i got the desktop showing on the tft for bookworm oh and excellent including uh some touch here it's kind of what i've been working on sweet and so i'm gonna be working on updating making sure that I, um the strategy i'm doing is gonna keep lasting for it and then write up uh, some information about how to do that on a guide. That's awesome. And um, <laughs> what is exactly is involved in doing that to get like the support working? Like what have you been having to kind of hack on? Um, for this one, well, I had to try various things. What I ended up settling on is I'm actually loading two different uh, overlays. One I'm using the Nippy DPI spied uh overlay and i had to give it like what the um gpio is for the uh data command line and then i'm also loading a second one where it's uh loading for the touch driver so uh that way you can mix and match a little bit very cool well uh thank you for working on this and making it easy for folks to get everything working with all of our raspberry pies oh thanks all right. Thanks, Melissa. Bye. And now we're going to hear from Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hi there. Um, so I don't have a hardware project today, but um, I wanted to show you a little item that I wrote up as a, an Adafruit Playground. So mm. on GitHub, if you've used it for a while, you end up with a lot of repositories. Apparently, I've got 428 because either you start a project of your own or you create a fork of some other project. Hmm. And I'm inspired by Scott with the idea that these that things should be short. You know, he concentrates on the number of open pull requests in CircuitPython. But mm -hmm. I set myself a goal of I should really have just a couple pages of projects on GitHub. So I went through manually, like with my my own original projects, and archived the ones that I wasn't going to work on anymore. But that left all of my forks, which was the vast majority of them. Mm. Um, and so here we're, we're down to just 51, but, you know, based on this 428, I had like 300 plus of these things and to archive one, you got to go into the project. You got to click the gear. You got to scroll down. You got to click archive. You got to type in the name of the project and click. Okay. And I'm like this, this is awful. I'm not going to do this for, for two or 300 items. So, uh, GitHub has an API mm. and you can interface to it with uh, a package called PyGitHub. It's really pretty easy. And so I wrote up this guide. You have to create an access key with certain permissions and run this code. And the code ends up being just really simple. I yeah. decided if I hadn't worked on my project in two years, then I could archive okay. it. Yeah. Um, 
also because I'm in the Adafruit organization, things were coming up um, in my list of projects that were actually Adafruit projects. So I'm like, mm. we need to filter that out. Uh, yes. So that's why I'm checking my <laughs> owner name. And then you just loop through all your repositories. If it wasn't already, if it was already archived, you don't need to do anything. If it's owned by some other organization that you're a member of, don't do anything. And I only wanted to work on forks, not my own original projects. And then this prints a line. And if you actually want to archive it, you uncomment that line and run the script. And like two minutes later, you're down from, from 300 to just a screen or two full of uh, forked repository. So in my case, that still leaves me with two screens full mm -hmm. um, of stuff, but it's a lot more manageable. And Definitely. you know, when people search for you on GitHub, it's nice if they're not seeing a bunch of stuff that you have no interest in uh, working on. <laughs> That's true. And ask you questions or whatever. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. That is on the Adafruit Playground website, and I will drop the link um, on Discord if you want to actually check that out. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's really helpful. I'm, I appreciate you sharing that. All right. See you around. Thanks for hosting. Right. Have a good one. And now we are going to hear from Aaron. Hey, Aaron. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I am uh, <clears throat> working on, I just launched a new tutorial for these uh, iLights glasses. So let me get Very a question cool. here. And of course I have the wrong cable because I've been sitting here thinking I was ready to go. It's all good. Here we go. This USB, USB-C, USB-A, USB micro thing is nobody's best friend. All Actually, right. I do have a cable that has all three of them. I can oh, yeah? do it. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get one of those. Here we go. Nope, this is a, yeah. So while Goodness. you're finding your cable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. oh, you got it? Yes, I got it. Okay, Sweet. so um, this project go. is uh, basically um, I have some kids that wanted to play with these, and they were just so excited. So I wanted to come up with a project that was pretty easy where they could make up their own designs. So um, we're, I, uh, I figured out how to use this free online app called Piscal, which makes sprite sheets. Uh, mm -hmm. And what that is is basically a whole bunch of little frames of animation which then you can upload to the glasses. And then uh, we made one that's a Christmas tree that sort of decorates itself. And then um, the the iLights driver actually has an accelerometer on board. So what yeah. we did was uh, turn it so that when you tilt the glasses up, it will change to the next image. So we made some little flames oh, and then tilting again. And we have these little bubbles that blink and pop and wiggle. So I um, also added a brightness. Uh, there's a little button on board this thing. So there's a brightness indicator too. So every time you press the button, it will cycle through brightness modes, which is real nice because these can be blinding. If yeah. Right. But if they're, you know, at a dim setting, then they're not bright enough during the day. So I um, wanted to add that control too. And I uh, just launched this guide. And again, this was like the bubbles were designed by my, my friend who's a 10 year old. And um, it's a really fun sort of collaboration to do with the kids and the two kids that I've got in this house just absolutely can't take these things off. So they love them. That's awesome. I love that you were able to kind of show them uh, how all this stuff works and get them interested. That's so cool. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good one. And now we will hear from John Park. Hey, hello, Liz. Hello. How are you? Good, except I had this bowl of Trader Joe's Chex Mix that I thought mm -hmm. was going to tide me over while I waited, but I finished it way too quick. So um, okay. <laughs> I've been I've been excitedly waiting to get on because I'm going to go back in there and just plow through the rest of that bag. Excellent. Uh, that's my mini mini review. This I don't know what they call it. Many things, I think they call it, but it's basically Chex Mix and it's super yummy. Nice. Uh, but that's not actually what I'm here to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about a remote control I built for the Memento. Uh, mm. So with some of the projects I've been doing on the Memento, including uh, in particular time-lapse, uh, 
uh, and um, stop motion projects. I wanted some um, remote control, so I'm not bumping the camera if I want to yeah. keep, keep things locked down. Uh, and there's a few ways you can do that, like with wired buttons, which are much simpler than what, what I ended up doing here and are, are probably a good addition to your arsenal of, uh, of camera tools. But uh, in order to remotely and wirelessly talk to the camera, since this has ESP32 S3, mm. Wi-Fi is a particularly good option for doing wireless stuff on it. I don't think we have uh, Bluetooth and CircuitPython for this chip yet. Mm -hmm. So I looked at Wi-Fi solutions and uh, the one I came up with is using OSC, which is, um, the name is misleading because it stands for open sound control, but it mm -hmm. is a uh, sort of a more modernized take on MIDI uh, that was developed right. probably now 15 or more years ago, 20 years ago, uh, but that's much newer than MIDI. Um, yes. And it is uh, not only a, uh, a sort of a communication protocol for sending messages between devices, but it tends to have a lot of really great applications for developing user interface. Um, so I'm gonna add uh, yeah. my, my camera view here. So this is the Memento. I just have it like hooked into a little tripod. Mm -hmm. uh, and over here is my iPhone. And uh, on the iPhone, I've got an application that I, uh, is called Touch OSC. And then within Touch OSC, I moved widgets around and gave them names and sizes and colors and behaviors uh, and am able to essentially with the micro OSC library on the Memento and CircuitPython, it hosts a little server that's then just looking for clients like this to tell it things about uh, button presses. So yeah. uh, for example, if I press the big red one in the middle, you can see it just said snap over here. So it's gonna snap a picture every time I do that. Uh, if I wanna change the focus, I can hit this and you'll see it refocus. If I put like my, put an object close up to it, you should see it shift a little, whoop, yeah. there it goes. Yeah. Um, and then we can take more pictures. And we can also run through the different modes on the camera. So this is sort of the default JPEG mode. Uh, I can go into Game Boy mode, which gives us this black and white dither, just like the Game Boy Excellent. camera. Uh, we go into stop motion mode, the GIF mode, shoot a little 15 frame GIF animation. This is recording and then finishes. And then there are also a whole bunch of settings, which typically you can use. This is, uh, by the way, Jeff's uh, really cool, Jepler's really cool camera application uh, yeah. or, or example code that he wrote. Uh, one of the things you can do with it is change the resolutions uh, as well as the uh, LED ring on the front of it to light things up and... Uh, pick different effects. So I made a second page in this little Touch OSC app that gives me access to all those things. So I can go and say, oh, let's shoot a 1280 by 720. Wow. You can see it updated right there. That's now yeah. the size. That's really shoot. impressive. I can turn on the LED ring light, and pick the different colors. Uh, they're just some preset colors here, no color mixing. Right. Uh, and then we can also go and change uh, the effects. So I can mm. do black and white. I can do reddish, bluish, sepia tone solarize it, uh, go over to invert. One of the fun things with invert is that it, uh, or actually both with invert and solarize, it's impacted a lot by your colors uh, yeah. that you're blasting into the image. So you can, you can really change kind of what things are emphasized by blasting it with, uh, with the LED ring. Uh, and then while, that, while that's all doing its thing, you can head back over here and start taking pictures. Um, so I'll show that off on the show tomorrow, the mm -hmm. app as well as how it was built. Um, OSC is kind of an open thing, like the name implies. And then there are different applications. I happen to be using Touch OSC, which costs just a few bucks on 
I think maybe 12 bucks right now for the, the newer version of the app on your phone mm -hmm. and about 30 bucks for the uh, desktop authoring. Uh, but you can use a lot of other free tools to do that. That's just a, a nice option out there. Uh, and so that's what's going on with my uh, my camera remote, and, and I should show you. Yeah, no no strings attached. It's an actual iPhone. Uh, I also have it running on my iPad uh, for for testing purposes. So. That's so cool, and the UI looks so sleek, and it's really fast with how it responds. Like, yeah, really I'm, cool. I'm, uh, I, I'm really impressed with how fast it is, and and there are. Um, a lot of opportunities to go deeper. I might show some of that stuff tomorrow. I'm new to, to Touch OSC, but I started using um, Lua scripting in the uh, individual elements. Oh, so you can okay. do things that both update the UI. So you can do little bits of scripting where like colors change in here when one thing happens or another thing happens, uh, as well as providing functionality that are not in these sort of default widgets that you drag around and, and name and, and uh, position. So cool. Um, Exciting, fun, and you could yeah. use it for a lot of other things, but it seems like a, a really nice option for uh, remote control on this camera here. I agree 100%. So looking forward to your show tomorrow. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good one. Enjoy your Chex Mix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're going to hear from some folks in the community, uh, and we're going to start things off with Sun and Moon Couture. Hello. Hey, everyone. Thanks How for having you? me. Yeah, uh, I'm Anthony. I'm the assistant designer at Sun and Moon Couture. We make uh, bespoke tech fashion couture focusing on LED wearables for festival audience. Oh, excellent. Um, if you don't know, my wife uh, does Miss Gia couture, so she has her own line and she makes these like chain gem outfits uh, that are for mainly for women in festival uh, attire. And I asked her, can we kind of expand and make something that's more for men and could even be worn outside of the festival um, audience, right? Yeah. And so she designed this jacket. It's like a, kind of a vest um, blazer. Wow. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. And I'm wearing it over like a business jacket. So you mm -hmm. could wear this to a lot of different types of events. Um, and it, if this was the only thing I was showing, you would ask, why am I doing this on Adafruit? So there is a battery box. I'm going to turn that on real quick. Um, this has the fixed address NeoPixel fairy strands behind okay. each one of these gems. Um, and it's all Adafruit hardware. It's like your buttons, your USB-C port, the LiPoly backpack, uh, the LiPo battery. Um, the only thing that's not is the controller is Pixel Blaze. I don't think okay. you guys stock that, but you should. I'm going to talk to you about that later. Um, <laughs> but you could just as easily make this with like a Cutie Pie using Adafruit's NeoPixel library. That's excellent. And the diffusion is really nice they have there. like. Yeah, these gems are, you can't really tell from my web camera, but they're like dichromatic. So mm -hmm. they kind of sparkle with different colors in the sunlight, even without the LEDs. They look like kind of rainbow. Very cool. That's awesome. Now, if, where should folks go if they want to see more of your stuff? Or... Yeah, I have an Instagram. Uh, I don't have like an Etsy, Etsy shut down my shop. Uh, where should I just post that in the uh, Discord? Yeah, feel free to put any links um, in the Discord uh, chat and folks can uh, see it. All right, so I'm going to link to Sun and Moon Couture. That's like the LED stuff. And also Miss Gia Couture. That's my wife's fashion line where she does all of the chain gems just without the LEDs. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming by. This has been great. And uh, if you do more things with the new I'm actually I'm planning on doing this every week um okay. starting now so next week I'm going to show you this poi that I made that's loosely based off of the Adafruit like supernova genesis 
toy yeah. that was posted a long time ago, but we've got a new version where you can upload images from your phone. So you don't have oh. to plug in the USB to compile and deploy the code to get a new image. Um, so I'll be showing that next week. This is all part of a series I'm trying to do to promote uh, a fashion show that I'm doing in New York okay. for New York Fashion Week in February. So I'll be in New York Excellent. February for that. All right. Well, that's awesome. Looking forward to seeing more of your stuff then next week. Thanks. See all you right. guys then. Have a good one. You too. And now we're going to hear from Peter. All right. Um, hi. Hey. This is a button board that I built for my dog. So hold this up to the camera a little bit. Love it. Um, there's some words on there and mm -hmm. they all, every button has an electronic button underneath and when pressed it, it plays a recording of my voice. It's not hooked up to a speaker right now. Um, okay. that's upstairs, but, um, I actually have the audio output split and it also feeds into a box under that desk back there. So even when I'm downstairs in the lab, I can still hear when she asks for things. So oh. the reason this is an Adafruit thing mm. is because I have an ancient Raspberry Pi here, and this would have been incredibly complicated if it weren't for the Adafruit Blinka library that makes it possible to just write Python yes. easily and connect buttons. And for, for this, this proof of concept, um, I didn't use the matrix keyboard library. I'm actually looking at upgrading it uh, in the near future because I'm running out of pins. Yeah. And so I'm gonna, um, I've actually already built, this is the adapter plate and there's a bunch of diodes soldered on here and an army oh, wow. of wires on the back. Yeah. But that's the matrix keyboard. And so that's gonna get installed in here and then I'm gonna have breakouts to other boards for new buttons. Um, it's actually fairly simple if you wanna build it yourself. Maybe I should write a guide for this. Um, yeah, um, we have the Adafruit Playground now where anyone could go in yeah, and been, write up a guide. So yeah, de definitely write this up there. Yeah, I've been tinkering with that. And this is the one I've been starting starting documenting. It's no, nowhere near ready. So particularly how it looks empty, it mostly is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the one challenge I will note with this mm. was if you use ancient hardware like I did, like this Pi has one USB port. Yeah. How do you program something with one usb port like that either has to be the wi-fi adapter or the keyboard you're using to input stuff right, with. yeah and so you end up with like a chicken and egg problem where you want to update the library or update the pie and i ended up having to use the serial headers to have okay, another yeah. way of sending commands and then use the one usb port for a wi-fi adapter um okay. but Anyway, um, well, that's great. And also you're using that old pie, giving it new life in this project. And yeah, it, there's the old pies really aren't good for much other than audio. And I didn't yeah. have anything else that had an audio output. Mm -hmm. So normally like, yeah, this kind of project you could do with a microcontroller and it, Adafruit has lots of great ones for exactly this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have any of those and this was sitting around. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's great. Well, looking forward to your progress. Um, maybe come by one night with the hooked up to the speaker so we can can hear it. Oh yeah, hmm. I'll have to figure out how to get the camera set up upstairs. But cool. Yeah, yeah. and uh, looking forward to a plug right now if you end up writing one. All right. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you. Have a good night. All right. So that is going to do it for show and tell tonight. Amazing projects from everyone. We had clothing, dog buttons, fantastic. Uh, in about seven minutes, stay right here because Ask Engineer will be starting off right at 8 p.m. Uh, until then, hope everyone has a great rest of your week. Bye.